guys. Let's, let's do, do it. This. Fucking do it. And I'm not giving you your time anymore because I don't want you to know when I hit record. <laughs> See, I knew. I knew you were going to. Also, I took it down because it's a, a hassle. Um, oh, well, we can't have hassles. I'm oh. going to sound exceptionally sexy today. I love it. It's I can like hear you now, Phoebe, and it's yeah. phenomenal. On Thank fucking you. friends. I'm so, if you want, I'll Thank join you. you right down here. <laughs> I'll bring it right on down. I'll bring it down to sick. I'll bring it down to sick, Randy. I got no issues with it. How y'all doing? Uh, I'm doing well. How, How are you? Doing? Doing, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have this coffee that's been sitting in my car for three hours uh, that I microwaved. Okay. Right, so it's warm again. Yeah, and reuse. I got my soda water. I just saw one of my favorite movies ever in the theaters for the first time. So. You make the best water. I I almost check. sent you a message before I got here and be like, "Can you make me some water?" You he makes want some? the best water. I've got tea and now apparently sparkling coconut water with yuzu. Do you want some? Please. But, okay, I'll go make you some. Because my hibiscus is almost gone. And I'll tell you what. We're recording, so. I knew you were. Get well, started. see, goddammit. See, now he's got to leave. <laughs> right? I know. I'm Drink. sorry. I'm just. <laughs> Do the intro. Pro- I'll be back for the story. Okay, yeah. go. Go, yeah. go, we go. Talk to, get to get your in. fans. We always got shit to talk we about. We got shit to talk about. When don't we? Hey, welcome. Also welcome. Yes. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. Paranormal podcast where we talk about everything, literally the entire spectrum of the paranormal and mm-hmm. dicks. Yes. Um, and Bob Cranmer, that someday guy. that's going to come back. God, I can't wait. <laughs> Bite us in the ass somehow. Just don't you threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Fucking Bob Cranmer. Um, uh, I'm sick, so y'all say. are going to have to put up with my voice as as it is. If you can't tell. Yeah. I, she's got the coronavirus. <clears throat> no, I do not. <laughs> I have uh, what is called the common cold. Mm, questionable. There's nothing common about anything. I do, so there's that. Also. The uncommon um, cold. Yep, I'm just making Randall go get make me some water. He makes the best he, water, you guys. It sounds insane, <laughs> but he really, it's a thing he does. I don't know, it's sorcery. He makes the it's best fucking water. Water bender. Um, yeah, it, he makes the sparkling water, and yeah. then he adds like fresh lemon and lime mm-hmm. in a specific type of ratio. Yeah. I don't it's, know what it is. It's a secret. It's it, Randall's secret water. It's Randall's secret water. <laughs> Von Y water, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so in. Like he really just makes the best. He does. Water. And I, I already said it. I literally almost sent him a message on the way over here. But like, could you please make me some water before <laughs> I get there? But I was like, no, I've got my hibiscus flavored Lacroix. I refuse to say Lacroix because I am that bougie. Um, um, yeah, it's yeah, I mean, I tell you to taste it, but you're sick, and I don't want your no, germs. You don't want my germs. I mean, you can put your straw in, my, in it if you want to. Well, I've got enough beverages. That's true, but you're sick. You need to be hydrated. Oh, I've been doing nothing but <laughs> hydrating. <laughs> well, that's good. All the tea. Yeah. I had water. a glass of red wine last night because I oh. thought it would help me sleep because I didn't sleep. I haven't been sleeping long. Yeah, being good. sick and trying to sleep is. Then not I was like, nice. "Fuck it, I'll take Nyquil, whatever." Ooh, that sounds like a party. Nyquil and red wine. Oh, yeah. I slept really good. I'll bet you did. I did. You know what else is really good? Expired Nyquil. Oh, yeah. You had weird dreams. I know I had weird dreams last night. I just don't quite remember what they yeah, were. That's okay. They were really weird, though. <gasps> Thank I, you. Oh, we were talking about your special water. Mm-hmm. It's magic. Yeah. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hooray! You know, the funny part about, I was just thinking downstairs, I kind of wanted you to be drunk. Here's why. <laughs> I know that's out of left field. No, I mean. Roll with me for a sec. You know when you're hanging out with somebody who's sober and you're drunk? Yeah. And they do that thing where they're like, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. 
Yes. And then, like, they start bringing you, they tell you what they're going to do, and you get really drunk excited, and then you focus on, like, whatever's on TV. Yeah. And then they show up with, like, a soda and pizza, yeah. and you're like, <gasps> ah! Yeah, we do that for each other. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, in New Orleans, when we were like, oh, what is that smell? And we toucan sammed our way to some fried chicken. Uh-huh. We did. We did. And uh, woke up with chicken carcasses and biscuit crumbs everywhere. Nice. And we, we were like, wait, what the fuck is that? What happened? What, what, what is all that? Uh, <laughs> Who no. the hell got fried chicken? Uh-oh. And it went through the phone. It was us. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's pictures that. of us doing it. Yeah. That's really we, funny. We did that. That place. That and was, the went, memories started coming back. like, right. oh yeah. But they, number one, Willie's Fried Chicken Willie's on fried Bourbon chicken. Street. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Best fried chicken and biscuits. Uh, probably when you're drunk because it's not a thing that we would ever get sober. Yeah, probably. Uh, not. But there wow. Was, there was a I watched it was it was one of those uh Food Network like hey, we're going to come in and fix your broken ass restaurant shows. Mm-hmm. And there was one, I think it's like called like the Cartwheel or something in sure. New Orleans. And uh, like they were they did the before when they went to go visit and they were ser- like it was supposed to be the staple of New Orleans and they were serving like Undercooked chicken. Baja. Oh God! Like the ki- the kitchen was so, oh I've never I've been, I was so grossed out watching it. I don't want that. And then they Ew. redid the whole thing and then retrained the owner how to cook with like current techniques and whatnot. Nice. And now I want to go there so fucking bad. We should take a trip. I I want to oh, I, I want to go to New Orleans for so long. Have you ever been? No. <gasps> oh. I have never Happy been. I uh, so between the West Coast and the East Coast, I've been to. Wyoming, Colorado. That's it. <laughs> that was a really long pause. <laughs> oh, Nevada, Nevada, and Arizona. So, out of all fifty states, I've been to like nine of them. Okay, nice. And drove down the East Coast. So the farthest into the South that I've been is North Carolina. Mm, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah, that oh. North Carolina. Not Hope Mills, though. Fuck Hope Mills. Yeah, look at you with all your beverages. I Double fisting fucking seltzer water. I really am. My mom's buying me a soda stream for my birthday, and (gasps) I'm so excited. It's almost your birthday. It is. It's 13 days. I have it written down in our official calendar. Birthday log? Well, just our Ghost and Hose calendar calendar that I bought at the Walmart for like nine cents. I may be out of town for my birthday. Oh, yeah. Don't know yet. I'm still waiting to hear from somebody. Some a really cool opportunity might be coming my way, but Ooh. I don't know about it yet. Okay. So we'll see. I Mystery. Like the idea of this. I don't want to talk about it yet until it's Fair. confirmed. Fair. Jinx it. No. Fair. Um. Oh. So last week. Yes. Haunted bunk beds. Yes. By the way. Oh boy. I'm still still your favorite. Still thing. so excited about it. Um. I mentioned a book. In my story. Yes. Guess who owns it? I do. Oh, good. <laughs> because I hoard books. I knew I had it. I just was confusing the cover with a different book. So I was like, oh, man, maybe I don't have it. I thought you I were do. about to say, like, Bob of Kramer wrote it. Of course she does. It. No, 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 no. But it, it had the story about the Tallman family in it. Um, and I haunted bunk I, beds. Yeah, I knew. But that's it's not in that. They don't talk about it in the book. Um, well, that's dumb. They're, it's the people that were like, well, it's probably because the house is on or near the previous site of a Native American burial ground. Right. Which is why I was like, no, I don't like that. Because mm. guess why? I don't think they do either. Haunted bunk beds. <laughs> it's 100% haunted. What the fuck happened on those beds? That's what I need to know. Demons. 
demons. We got them. We got them. Yep, straight up. They come with that bunk bed. Like, what the fuck? Bunk beds from hell? Dante's bunk beds? It sounds like a bad Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> right? Dante's bunk beds. Bunk beds from hell! <laughs> <laughs> the Fair. devil's bunk bed. <clears throat> Anywho. Yeah, and then I got a cool message from one of our followers. Ooh. Oh, we like messages. Yeah, let me find it. Always love yeah. communication. Yes. I. Where did you go? And I just got Cotton Eye Joe stuck in my head, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, because why wouldn't you? Because I said, where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Got nodded. That's just how my uh, brain works. Yeah. Uh, that's how it goes. That one. That's exactly <laughs> how it goes. No, so somebody messaged me, said, hey, Z, been thinking about the episode 50. I've uh, been thinking about your story. You're a badass bitch for sharing something about your life to us and also using your platform to make sure we stay woke. I see you, Z. Non-creepy vibes, please. That was very sweet. Yeah, I was like, thank you. That was Aww. very sweet. That was very nice. Yeah, so thank you. People for that. are afraid of me. They don't send me messages. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> she gets all the messages. I do. She does. It's also because I answer them. <laughs> I, I answer them. <laughs> I answer them right away, except for one. Oh, sorry. I have to message her. She want one of our people. It's like, hey, I want one of those stickers. I'm like, I will. See the easiest way for you to get it. I saw that message. Okay, good. Did you answer it? <laughs> no, That's I don't why have people the stickers. Don't you. <laughs> no, that was to the ghost and house. Yeah, no, because I, I, I see all the messages in the ghost and house. Yeah, because oh, okay. I was gonna ask. Yeah, was that a personal one that you got? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, people are afraid of me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Again. It's fine. I, I I love you to death. Your name is a nightmare to find on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> I'm a mystery. <laughs> I'm mysterious. Your last name is two words and a million letters. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, anyway. Um, yes. Well, yeah, that, I think, was all I was going to say. I don't know. My uterus is acting oh. up. Oh. Yeah. Is it shedding? Yeah, it's oh, not okay. great. Um, I've got the PCOS, and so... It's a stupid thing that is awful. And it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe you're not going to have this problem every month. Is it, uh, if, if I can ask, is yep. that an actual thing or is that an awesome? No, it's an actual okay. thing. Okay, all right. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of words since working with you guys. That that's true. Aren't words, no. but I, I get them. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that one I'm just PCOS sure. is an actual thing. Polycystic ovary syndrome. Yeah. Oh, it's that's right. garbage town, USA. Um, so that's why whenever I say I have broken ovaries, that's why. Okay. Uh, but it's like, hey, guess what? You're not going to have a period for, I don't know, whenever I decide you can have one again. Which is really, I mean, yay, but also at the same time. When boo. it happens, it's You're like, pretty yeah. vicious. And this is uh, the first time in 69 days. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I know. Really? Yeah, it was hilarious. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh, why? So Bill. I even have, I mean, it, we're, we're on the, the downswing now, so okay. hopefully she's done soon. You want some ibuprofen? No, thank you. Uh, so but I do worse. have some no, uh, some Nurofen mm. from London. It's like I like Motrin. Oh, got but it. But it's from Europe, so it's like, hey, better. What's in here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's like better. 
Mexico. Kind of like when you go to Mexico and you just go to the corner pharmacy. Yeah. You can buy what, like anything, and it's just better. Yeah. And you don't That's know why. All the meds I had in Europe when I got real sick worked mm-hmm. real well. It's quite better. Nice. I remember yeah. one time I was in Chicago. Oh, are you going to sneeze oh, or die? Oh, oh. Aneurysm? What? I was going to sneeze. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you are allowed to sneeze. You do they, know that, right? You don't want me to because they're very loud. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Just... <laughs> You're allowed like to a, have bodily functions. I know, it's like a scream this sneeze. This is a and I can't safe space it. for body stuff. <laughs> okay, but we're in a really like it's soundproof. You dense might room. Lose Let's your not hearing. start farting. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> stuff <laughs> that's gonna make it unbearable to be in here. Probably not. I would say expulsions with sneezes and burps is what okay. I'm what I'm cool with. That's fine. Uh, no, I was in Chicago and I had some kind of. It was before. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was super sick, and my friend's um, classmate was from Turkey. Oh, sure. And so she had some Turkish medicine of some kind. And She's like, here, she, take this. Yeah, she just gave it to me. She's like, here. I'm like, okay, goodbye. And then I had weird fever dreams. And then her boyfriend came in to go to work or, like, to get something from the room I was, the guest room, and he came in to get something from the closet, and he's like, are you still awake? And I was like, are you actually here? (laughs) (laughs) And he's a dad, so he went, and he went to the bathroom, and he comes back with a cup full of, like, some kind of children's cough medicine. It was very cute. He's like, damn, girl, go back to sleep. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I ever was, but I'm going to (laughs) try. I'm so, gonna give it a whirl. Oh, those sleepless sick nights are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I have a story. I, I'm oh. very ready for this because she's been threatening me with it. And like, it's, you came in it's and it's a long like, one. It's long. It's long. You said it's real long. So I made it a point to pee, get two beverages. I don't want to miss any of this. And I, I know that if I leave for even two minutes to go do something. I'm gonna be lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is this is usually long ones have lots of detail you need to pay attention to. <clears throat> this one has a lot of details. Cool. Right. A lot of details. Okay, so this story is one that I've it's been on my list for a long time, uh-huh. and it's like I'll touch on it for a minute, and I'm like, oh god, too long. Finally, I did it, and uh, actually, it's something that Z brought up in one of her stories. Oh, uh, a long time ago, yeah. Oh, uh, I know what this is. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you all <laughs> about the Hinterkaifeck murders. Yeah, you are. This is actually tied to episode one. Which I will touch on, too. Yeah. So, this story, being an unsolved murder, is obviously horrible. But as I started to research and dig... There were way many more layers than I had originally thought. Hinterkaifeck, first of all, is not the family's name. I just want everyone to get that straight. Uh, it's the name of the farm. Kaifeck was the name of the nearest village. Hinter means behind. Oh. The farmstead was being was off on its own in the woods back behind the village. Ah. Is this Germany? Yes. Uh, it, but it could be seen in the distance by neighboring farms. The family that lived on the farm were the Gruber family. 63-year-old Andreas, his wife, 72-year-old Cecilia, their daughter Victoria Gabriel, and her two children, 7-year-old Cecilia, named after her grandmother, they called her Zilly, and 2-year-old Yosef. Um, Andreas was 63, Cecilia was 72, and Victoria is 35. Uh, No one liked 
Andreas Gruber, and he seemed to be a crusty old fuck. Hmm. He's just an all-around not-nice guy. His neighbors thought he was greedy and rude. He beat his wife on a regular basis. She's and in her ruled, 70s. Yeah, she is. Rude. Quit right? it. And ruled uh, the household with an iron fist, even though the farm itself actually belonged to his daughter, Victoria. Oh. Through her marriage. Right. Oh. Okay. So aside from Gruber being an all-around dick, the neighbors talked about the family itself. Rumors went around concerning Victoria's son, Yosef. And he's seven? He's two. Two. Seven was the girl. Cecilia or Zilly, because she's named after her grandma and it can get really confusing. So we've got Yosef, two, Zilly, seven. Zilly, seven. Okay. Uh, Victoria, let's see. Yes. Victoria's a widow. Her husband, Carl Gabriel, left to serve in the First World War in 1914 when she was pregnant with Cecilia. He died on the front lines in France in December of 1914. Although his body was never recovered. So that begs the question, who fathered Yosef? Oh. He was born in July of 1919. Hey, girl. Right. On his birth certificate, under where father goes, there was only the initials L.S., Lisa Simpson. But the local rumor <laughs> mills said otherwise. Ooh, hit me with them rumors. They say that he was fathered by his grandfather, Andreas Gruber. Ugh. And the rumors were not without cause. Victoria and Andreas were accused and convicted of incest in 1915. Ew. Right. She served one month in jail and Andreas almost a year. Uh, Yosef's paternity gets even dicier because Victoria was also having an affair or a relationship with their nearest neighbor, a widower, Lawrence Schlittenblauer. Dope last name. Has the initials LS. Uh, yeah. Schlittenbauer. Yeah. That was very hard to say. S-C-H-L-I-T-E-N-B-A-U-R. Two T's. Fuck. <laughs> so close. Right. So, in the fall of 1921... The Gruber's maid quit suddenly, saying that the farm was haunted. She heard strange noises during the times when no one else was there, and she said she never felt alone. She would set things in places to find them somewhere else without explanation, and she was like, nah, y'all, I'm out. I'm out. Fair. (coughs) Sorry. Okay, where was I? Because I just lost my place. I'm sick. Deal with it. All right. <laughs> Winter came, so maid quits. They decided, well, we don't have to deal with the crops. They hunker down, get through winter. They'll wait until the spring to get another maid. And then they started to hear all the strange sounds themselves and wondered if the maid was right. There were sounds coming from the attic, which Andreas checked but didn't find any. <coughs> God damn it. It's okay. Anything. He found a newspaper in the house that he did not remember buying. And then one of the house keys went missing. Mm-mm. He mentioned this to his neighbors. Uh, Lawrence Schlittenbauer offered him a gun, which he refused. Winter passed. Spring starts. We're now into n- early 1922. And in March, just days before the murders took place, Andreas told his neighbors about the strange footsteps he had found. He had gone out one morning, there was still snow on the ground, and he saw a trail of footsteps leading from the edge of the forest to the house, but there were none leading away. 
the trail mm. ended right there. Nope. Right. So he goes into town and asked if anyone else had seen anything like that at their farms, if maybe a traveler had come through. No one knew anything about that, and yeah. that was the last time Andreas Gruber was seen alive. Oh, no. Mm. But also, <clears throat> if there are footsteps not leading away from your house, uh-huh. then where the fuck are they going to... like? You'd see them going to a neighbor's house. Absolutely. That's why he thought it was real weird. And he was talking all about it in the village. Crusty jugglers. Friday, March 31st, the new maid arrived. Her name was Maria Baumgartner. And bless her heart, girl, wrong place, wrong time. Oh, no. On April 1st, which was a Saturday... Coffee peddlers stopped by the farm, knocked with no answer, but didn't think too much of it, and they moved on. And Cecilia did not show up for school that day. School was six days a week. They went on Saturdays. Hmm. The family did not show up for church on Sunday, which was odd, but people thought maybe they were all sick. On Monday, April 3rd, the postman delivered the mail and noticed that Saturday's mail was still there. And no one had been working on the farm, which he thought was odd. Cecilia was also absent from school that day. On Tuesday the 4th, repairman Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkaifeck to repair the engine of the food shopper. He didn't see anyone, waited around for like an hour, and then was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this job. Does it anyway. And then he goes back to town at 2.30, where he mentioned it to the mayor and Lawrence Schlittenbauer, how oddly quiet it had been at the Hinterkaifeck farm. At 3.30 p.m., Schlittenbauer sent his sons, Johann and Josef, again, a lot of Josefs, to the farm to check things out. They also couldn't find anyone, so then Schlittenbauer and some of the townsmen, Michael Pohl, probably Mikhail, and Jakob Sigel, went out there themselves to see what in the hell was going on. They knocked on the doors and shouted the family's names with no response. They headed to the barn and opened the door. And that is where they found the bloody bodies of Andreas, Cecilia, Victoria, and little Zilly, stacked in a pile covered with hay and a wooden door set on top of the bodies. The family dog was in the corner very badly wounded. Hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Lawrence went to the door that connected the barn to the house, which was locked, pulled a key from his pocket, and open the door. Hey. What? Right. In the house was where the bodies of the new maid, Maria, and baby Yosef were found. Maria was found in her room and little Yosef in his bassinet. Both of those bodies were covered with a cloth. So. I don't like it. Does she just have a key? Right? Well, there was also that key that went missing. Key went missing. But also the questionable parentage of baby Yosef. So maybe Victoria was like, hey boo, come take this key. Maybe we'll make some more babies. Wink. Well, the investigation was led by Jorg Reigengruber. Yes. Or maybe it's George. It's G-E-O-R-G. Gerg. Gerg, sure. No, I had a a professor. Reigengruber. God uh, damn it. Reigengruber. Yes, his name was Georg Georg Reingruber of the Munich police, Munich being the nearest big city. The crime scene was a mess. The neighbor men had been traipsing around, disturbing the entire scene. Oh, no. And 
the bodies in the barn had been unstacked by Lawrence Schlittenbauer. And when asked about it, he said he had been looking for his son. Huh. Okay. Yosef. Got it. Right. The little. Right. The autopsies were performed the following day right there in the barn. Mm. And it was decided that the murder weapon, even though it wasn't found, was a mattock. It's a farm tool. It's like It looks like a pickaxe, and it's got the pointy end on one side and a flatter end on the other. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. The women, it was determined that the women were the first two to be killed, Victoria and Cecilia. They were also the only two that had been strangled as well. Ooh. Little Zilly also was the only one that had her throat cut, but it appeared more like it was a missed blow to the head that ended up hitting her in the neck. She also had some blonde hair in her hands, which they assumed was hers, that she had pulled out her own hair while dying. Or was it? Yeah, that seems very unlikely. Yeah, no, that... All of the victims had received blows to the right side of their heads. The two that got the most, however... The most blows were the women. That's systematic. Mm-hmm. That's very systematic. Right. Where am I? There we go. Uh, the motive, however, was not clear. Initially, they thought maybe it was a robbery gone wrong, but nothing was taken and there was cash in the house. No. Because Victoria had actually pulled some out recently because she was going to be doing a bunch of repairs on the farm. Mm. So what is known is that the murders took place on that Friday night, the 31st, at some point. Investigators think that they were lured into the barn and killed one at a time, starting with Victoria and Cecilia, Andreas and Zilli, then on to the murders in the home, with Yosef being last. The killer or killers were also in no hurry to leave. They had stayed at the farm for a bit. On the night of the murders, a man was passing by, had noticed smoke coming from the fireplace and someone outside with a lantern. At that time, it could have been the family. Who knows? But at 3 a.m. that same night, which was then actually April 1st, a neighboring farmer and butcher were headed home and saw two hooded figures on the edge of the woods. And they hid their faces as they went by. They didn't want them to see them. Mm. The repairman, Albert Hoffner, said, that when he had gotten to the farm on the 4th, all doors were locked. He had heard the dog barking inside the house. But by the time he was done, the dog was tied up outside and the barn door was open. Someone was there. Correct. So when the men went later to check shit out, the dog was in the barn and the door was closed. The ovens in the home were still warm and the animals had been freshly fed. Oh. So they murdered these two. They're this family. Uh-huh, t- stayed there and took care of the animals. Wow. Right? So when the authorities searched the home, they found food scraps and human waste in the attic, which implied that the killer or killers were up there waiting for the right time. What the fuck? Yeah, right. talk about those creepy noises that made their maid bounce. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Ghosts mm-hmm. or someone in your fucking attic now, but that was also six months ago. Mm-hmm. They were someone practicing. Some... Fuck. Okay. This is some premeditated <laughs> shit, man. Mm-hmm. So, now, suspects, Lawrence Schlittenbauer, I keep putting an L in there, goddammit, Lawrence Schlittenbauer was top of the heap. 
He was the first initial suspect. I mean, that makes he sense. He was questioned and questioned and questioned. He had the key. All of these things we will get to. But he was the first. He also, um, he had asthma and he wasn't in good health. Right. And for someone, and, uh, and, and he's... Someone who's asthmatic to kill six people and stack four of their bodies. Correct. Is a lot of work. Correct. Yeah, and it's still fairly cold out. Yeah. And I know for me, yeah, with my heinous haunted body trying to do anything when it's cold outside, my lungs are like, bitch, right. you better fucking just sit uh, your ass down. Did they say what, the, what order the bodies were stacked in? Not the order that they were stacked, just the order that they were killed. Okay. So, um, Lauren Schlittenbauer, then Carl Gabriel. So, with his body not being recovered from the war, some thought maybe he had come back, found Victoria, Victoria had had another child, and took his revenge, to which I say fart noises. Yeah. I'm not buying that. There's plenty of bodies that went down on the Western Front there, and they were never recovered because they were oh. fucking obliterated. Yeah. And I mean... Okay. And so, just like, no. like, waterlogged to shit. Right. Yeah. Right. Husband, he's always the first suspect, sure, but... He's buried in a... He's... Parts of him are buried in a field in France oh, somewhere. He's, he's scattered. He's in someone's farm. For I mean, sure. that's how that goes. So, For sure. I say, not a chance. Lauren Schlittenbauer happened to have the key to the house. Was it the missing key, though? So after his first wife died in 1918, he began the affair with Victoria Gabriel. Is this why he had a key or was it the missing key? And was he the father of Yosef or was it Andreas Gruber? The family and Maria Baumgartner were buried in a local cemetery. The services attended by 3,000 people. Life went on. Over time, 100 people were arrested and questioned and let go. Wow. Yeah. That's like uh, a whole village. Yeah. A psychic told the authorities that there was more than one killer and that one of them was a woman. Okay. Despite all the arrests, nothing was ever solid and the case was officially closed in 1955. But I'm guessing because your story looks like it's about halfway done, that that's not the end of this case. No. In 2007, students from fuck, Furstenfeldbruck Okay. Police Academy used modern investigation techniques to try to solve this case. They determined that it was impossible to solve it based on missing evidence, no crime scene sketches, and no prints. But they did come up with one suspect that stood out to them, which they did not publicly name, due to living relatives. Mm. They did, however, very clearly conclude that the crime was a crime of passion. And I absolutely agree. And here's... Why? Yeah, and go. I just realized I didn't write my fucking sources down again. <laughs> I just finished my story this morning and I have a very long list of sources. God damn it. Next so, week, you guys. Yep, back Don't home. Sue us. <laughs> <clears throat> so I rightfully rabbit holed with this case. Yeah. And I came across a video on the YouTube from Rotten Raven Studios. The man, you don't see him, you just hear his voice. He is a social scientist. And I listened to his theory, which made the most sense to me personally. So now, whether or not Lawrence was Yosef's father, he was in love with Victoria. And whether she loved him or not, she had a relationship with him. Now, did she have the affair with him because she loved him or because she was already pregnant with her father's child? Mm. Right. 
Lawrence wanted to marry Victoria, but Andreas would not allow it. According to the rumor mill, the rumor mill being the village, um, he was unhealthily obsessed with his daughter and wouldn't allow her to marry anyone. Lawrence did accept Yosef as his son, and he was paying child support. Hmm. Now I'm going to stop my, put my little finger here so I can get back. Now, the accusations, there's, there's two things that I saw. I saw that Victoria and Andreas were convicted. Okay. Um, and then I saw that, and I don't know if it's the same one, Lawrence Schlittenbauer went to the authorities about the incest and he reported them, mainly Andreas. Sure. Right. And he's not going to rat out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it was Victoria that asked him not to press charges. And so those were taken back. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the first or if there was going to be a second because Andreas was like, yeah, you can marry my daughter, but guess what? I'm not going to stop fucking her. Gross. I know. And Lawrence was like, yeah, no, I'll go report you then, which he did. But I think that Victoria was afraid of her father because here's the thing. If he beat his wife on a regular basis, clearly the fuck is... I mean, he's he's already committing incest with his daughter. Who's to say he doesn't beat her too? Mm-hmm. I think that oh, they were yeah. all fucking afraid of oh, him. Oh yeah, no, you, you're not just be, if you're an abusive person, you're exactly. not just beating your wife. Exactly, beating it the fuck out of everybody. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Lawrence did pay child support for Yosef, which is so not a common thing. Right. No, the not time. during that time. Right. Lawrence couldn't wait for Victoria anymore, and he married a woman named Anna Dick. She was 28. Hold on. <laughs> Take a drink. We are not letting that slip. We're not, that's not, we don't, we're not going to let on a dick slip by. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm on a dick. I'm sorry. That is the best name for a burlesque performer or drag queen. I mean, ever. Maybe, for her, sure. maybe her name was Anna, but it's this is not. Germany. It's it Anna. It's, it's Anna. Anna. You know it's Anna. That's. Fucking uh-huh. man, I might Golden. Have, right. I might have to just start doing burlesque again. Just to take that name. Come on. <laughs> new identity. On right. a dick. Yeah. On a dick. That's wonderful. So uh she was twenty eight. I like that you thought we were just gonna drift right past that. I no, saw it all over your not. face. <laughs> she was like, Oh, maybe no nope. see, see if they listen. And then I saw you just go. <laughs> So okay. she's 28. He's 47 at the time. Lawrence Schlitten. L- Schlittenbauer, yeah. yeah. And this is his new wife. Yes. Yeah. Anna was not from the area. What's up, Z? What you I got? I just am hoping that she hyphenated Anna Dick Schlittenbauer. Right? <laughs> Dick Schlittenbauer? Probably oh, not. so good. That Probably right there is not. a great name. Dick Schlittenbauer. Wow. Love that, right? Sounds like an insurance salesman. It sounds like a German P.I. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe he's the German version of Dick Baleen. Ooh. Dick Baleen. God damn it. I hate that name. That's called a callback. <laughs> All right. Go so, on, sorry. Oh, it's fine. So Anna was not from the area, and she was treated like an outsider in the small community. She came to the marriage with one child, but had lost three previously. Anna's never been married, y'all. 
Okay. Um, Came with a kid. Had, and three. had lost three previously. Okay. Never been married. Okay. Um, Doesn't say good things about her past. Well, yeah, considering the time. No, considering the time. You know, um, and everyone around there was Roman Catholic, so I'm sure y'all know how they viewed her. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Invisible scarlet letter. Right, yeah. exactly. She also had heard about the stories about Victoria and her father and was not stoked about Yosef at all or the fact that her husband had to pay for the child. She had also heard that Victoria was looking... Meh, Victoria had gone to the city to talk to the courts about getting more money. So something tells me that uh, this lady might be the premonition from the psychic we talked about a little earlier. It's just a theory, y'all. So now Lawrence himself came with five children. See, remember, he's a widower, his first wife. He had five kids. So now now the two of them have six together. Correct. Um, Anna would go on to have five children with Lawrence. Shut the... So 11 kids... Well, minus one. The first being a girl. They named her Anna Jr. Because they did that back then. Weird. She was born in February of 1922 and died four days before oh, the murders. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So this theory is that with the help of her brother, Johan, Anna killed the family. For the money that they didn't need because they were already well off. For the love her husband could never give her because it was reserved for the woman he couldn't have. For the community that wouldn't accept her for the bastard child she already had. Yet her incestuous neighbor still thrived. And although the murders had already been with the killer in and out of the Gruber's attic over the last six months, the sudden death of a child could very well have fueled the fire. So what he's saying is that these murders were planned because... Six months prior is when the noises started. Yeah. Right. But, like, is there evidence that she was just gone? Who, Anna? Kicking it in an attic for days at a time? No, but her brother might have. That's true. Yeah. There's only one person up there. So, with Lauren's being asthmatic, Anna was the one that worked the farm. Okay. Sure. Anna sounds like she was kind of a badass bitch. She was a little, she was she was a big girl, and she did big girl things. Yeah. She worked the farm. She, she could pull a backhoe. She slaughtered the animals. She butchered the animals. She she wasn't a dainty young. Oh, she was thing. working on a farm. Right. Yeah. She was she was a farm lady in yeah. the in the twenties. After World War One, when the men came back, a lot of them were injured. Women really ran the shit. Yeah, they had so, to. Right. And there's very little machinery that they could have used to get that done. A lot, right. a lot of that's done by hand. Right. So I'm wondering if the six months prior, she had this scheme with her brother going, testing it out to see how easily they could get up into that attic, or he could at the time. Winter came. And then it wasn't until right before the murders they started hearing the noises again, which was right before spring. Right. So, I mean, either way, this was very planned out. Yeah. Because there was a six-month span here. You wouldn't want to fuck too much with that in the snow because... Tracks. Tracks. Exactly. It had already been seen once. Yep. So, I mean, that checks out. Well, and they were seen once, but just days before the murder. That's true. Like a day. Okay. What was the so, date of the murder again? 
the twenty second. Let's. God damn it! Now I got to go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, April f- uh, the thirty first, March thirty first. Okay, so it stands to reason that the lack of tracks could also be weather related. It was fresh snow. Oh, okay. It had snowed. Okay, it did. All right. And then the tracks went in, and that was the Friday. And that was the night that they died, because he went in. It it was the day of the murders that he went to town and was like, yo, there were these weird tracks up to my house. Right. They didn't go anywhere else. And they didn't go anywhere else. Right. Okay. So, after the murders, the farm was torn down in 1923 by the Gabriel family, and that was when the murder weapon was found. It had been in the attic the whole time. Wait, so they found shit, but not a giant axe? It was hidden in the attic. Didn't they find shit in the attic? Yes. But with when they tore down the house, all the storage boxes and stuff that, that were yeah, in the sense. attic, sure. yeah. when everything was just put into a pile, these boxes all split open, and there it was. Gotta say, if, uh, if you find human excrement and food scraps in an attic, maybe search the rest of the attic. Right. Just, just a... Right. Right. Precautionary. So, there are several books and documentaries about the Hinterkaifeck murders, so take your pick. I will leave you all with this, though. The murders at Hinterkaifeck are similar to a few murders that had taken place in the U.S. (laughs) several years earlier, including the Velisca Axe murders. The killer's M.O. were similar in that they had hidden the attic. Could it stand a reason that the killer was the same? Or was it a coincidence? I've got a name, but I'm going to leave that for another episode. And I know what it is. Mm. That is the story of the Hinterkaifeck murders. It's a good story. More svelte. Thank you. Very solid story. Mm. I like that a lot. Thank you. Um, Motive, you know. Anna had the most motive. Yeah. She did. And she was never questioned. She was never a suspect. It was just this one guy's theory, which really, truly makes a lot of sense. When you put all the other pieces together, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking for someone that had the motive, it was her. It it wouldn't have been Lawrence. He loved Victoria. Mm -hmm. He hated her father. Why would he kill Victoria and And Silly and the baby? Exactly. The key. Yeah, the key went missing. But he could have had the key from before. It, that could have been his key, not necessarily the missing key. Right. Mm-hmm. right so, right. there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. You know, it's funny, the, this whole time, like, fuck the person who killed this family. And then I started thinking about it. Well, really, just fuck the person who killed everybody else. Uh, the, the old dude deserved to die, for sure. Yeah, he's a total piece of shit. Yeah, that guy, that guy could have died in a far worse way. Oh yeah, I mean, and there's so many other little rabbit holes with this story I could have gone down. I mean, there, there was, there was not rabbit holes, but there was just so much more I could have put in, but it was already long enough. Um, just it, more suspects, the names, they all got let go. Weird coincidences, you know. One of the suspects, like many years later, some woman said, "Oh, my son's friend." killed that family and lost his knife in the process and there was a little pocket knife found in the attic but 
It wasn't bloody. They didn't think anything yeah, well, of it. I mean, it's pocket just... Pocket knives are such is, a... Right. Especially on a farm. Who didn't have one in 1922 living on a farm? I right. think everyone did. Even the babies. <laughs> the, and then right? also, how is a pocket knife going to deliver a blow to the head, like they were saying? Exactly. Um, the, they all had the blow on the right sides of their head, which means that it was a left-hander. And it also, I mean, that could indicate, too, that the person, like, brought them down, tied them up, and then executed them, like, firing squad style, but with a pickaxe. Could have. You know? Um, but another thing that, that with the Anna theory, is the fact that the women were killed first. Victoria mm. was killed first. And Victoria and her mother received the most blows and they were the only two that were strangled as well. Oh, sure. So, this there was some anger. Victoria was killed first. Who had the motive to kill? I mean, it, Anna Schlittenbauer. Right. Sure. So, she had heard that Victoria was going to go for more money. They were already spread thin. The Grubers already had plenty of money. Right. So... That just, that theory makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. A lot of sense. I still want to know how they lured people into the barn one by one. One by one. Because that is bananas. Right. Like if you're going to be like, hey, you should come out to the barn for a second. Just like, oh, you should check this thing out that there I saw were in some anim- Right. There were some animals in the barn. And I don't know if maybe they were riling up the animals. So that they would. But why would Victoria go first? Right. I'm just like, why one at a time still doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, and it's, it's also like, 1922 investigations. So yeah. who's to say yeah. that, you know, I mean, wh- how, why were they... I'm not sure how they determined that. Yeah, I'm like, no, that doesn't sit right for right. some reason. Well, and then the hair in Zilly's hand. So Zilly, what they think happened was they tried to give her the blow to the head. It missed, hit her neck. And then it was like, oh, fuck it, she's going to die anyway. So she died it eventually, but she took the longest to die. And the hair in her hand, they're like, oh, she must have had some sort of fit seeing her family murdered and ripped out her own hair. But if you go with the theory that a woman was one of the killers, it could stand a reason that maybe she grabbed at the woman or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Anna Schlittenbauer was blonde, by the way. She might have like Weird. ran at her, yeah. tried to get her to stop. Anna threw her yeah. back tried to give her the blow yeah. and missed and hit her neck. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and it also makes sense that there were two killers in that both women, Victoria and her mother, hit multiple times and strangled, mm. whereas Andreas was killed with one blow. Right. Dead. So maybe she killed the women, he killed Andreas, and then went in and took care of the maid and the baby. Yeah. Because the baby was also killed with one blow, but he's a baby. It's a baby, yeah. Um, Kill a baby with a quarter blow. Yeah, and I think the maid was only one blow, too. Mm-hmm. means I could have been in her sleep. She was, she was standing. Oh, so okay. the way she fell, her room was, there's very few pictures from the crime scene. That is one of them. So the way she was hit, she was facing her head on. She got hit, and the way she turned and fell, there's no way it could have been from behind. She had her back to the wall. Okay. So, 
whoever went in went in there and she saw them. Right. right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if if maybe that she was still killing the women and the child and and silly. I don't know, but we'll never know. It's all theories. Right. But I, I that's that's the one I like. I like that theory. I think it's a damn good one. So there you go. My my favorite theory is one that we've not gotten to yet. That is a good theory, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna. The timeline. Is it aliens? Is off. No. Oh. Mo's the same. Timeline's off. Mm. For Hinterkaifeck. Yes. Not for the U.S. No. So. Well, I also have a story. Weird. It's almost like you guys do this every week. That is right. so weird. Mm, balloons. <laughs> um, I'm still coming off the high from the haunted bunk bed. <laughs> you are so in love with I her. guess you could say that I'm on the top bunk of the world. I'm just oh, kidding. Please don't ever say that. Boy. In fact, it's terrible, and I apologize. I think I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? That'd be great, because I almost regret saying it. Oh, I'm not going to, but I, I really want to. It was terrible. Anyhow. Yes. Um, so... I went back to yieldunsolvedmysteries.fandom.com. It's one of my faves, dude. It's so good. I just wanted to see what other gems it held for me. I was going to do a different thing, and then I was like, no, I'm going to see if there's something weird that I can, something bizarre on here. And uh, while this story isn't hilarious, let's be real, it's going to take a while before I strike that kind of gold again. (laughs) Haunted bunk beds. If ever. I mean. But. This so much room for activities. It's so much. <laughs> I mean, so much room. Uh, this story is bizarre as all fuck. And this is the story of the Pollock twins. Oh. Mm-hmm. My reading this, I'm just realizing now that my computer autocorrected Pollock to Polk. So if I say it, that's why. Uh, the Pollock family consisted of John and Florence. Between two and four sons, depending on where you look. Oh, there's not a... there's not a lot of information about their two and between two between and four. Two and four, yeah. There's not a ton of information, and that I'll get to that later. Eleven um, year old Joanna, who was the third Pollock child and first daughter, and six year old Jacqueline. They lived in Hexham, which is a small town in Northumberland, England, and were a typical family. Um, this is in the 50s, by the way. Uh-huh. Working class. Yep. Dad's a fisherman. No, actually. John and Florence owned a grocery and milk delivery business. Oh. Yeah. So then, the girls... Then I won't start singing Billy Joel songs. No. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, <laughs> the girls uh, spent a lot of time with Florence's mother. Sing us a song, no piano man. <laughs> uh, the Nor'easter Alexa. It's his fisherman song, and I fucking love it. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> It is a good one. Um, the girls were said to be inseparable. That's the only two I know. I'm done. That's fair. Um, yes. So the twins are, are the girls. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 They're uh, four or five years different. Joanna was 11 and Jacqueline was six. Okay. But they were inseparable. Cool. And Joanna kind of um, mothered. Jacqueline, mm-hmm. who loved it. Um, 
Joanna loved to put on costumes and act out plays that she'd created, and Jacqueline, the younger one, was a bit more reserved. Uh, Joanna was also very generous and loved to share with other children. Both girls liked to comb people's hair, especially their fathers, which is a weird thing that I did as a kid. Like, I like to play beauty parlor. Yeah. When I was, like, five, I'd be like, let me brush your hair, which I, it's not a thing I do now, but it was a thing I did then for some odd reason. Yeah, my sister played beauty parlor with me once. She cut a chunk out of my fucking hair. Oh, no. <laughs> Looking at you, you Goose. To, so it inspired you to become a, a stylist? <laughs> no. I'd the already, trauma of having your hair I had already gone to beauty school by that time. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you could fix it. Shoot. I went to beauty school when I was 18. Okay. <laughs> Um, that was an adult experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 18. She was not. Yeah. Well, no, I had to have been older because I was 18 when she was born. So I was in my 20s. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they like to comb people's hair, especially their fathers. No, no, no. Let's talk more about Danielle's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Jacqueline was a toddler, she fell and hit her head on a bucket which left a fairly prominent scar on her forehead near her right eye. That's impressive. Yeah, so like... I believe she was riding a bike and fell Just onto right a there on a bucket. bucket. And it gave her a pretty good gash on her forehead. And it left a scar. Right. Um, it was kind of dented in a little bit and was apparently more prominent um, when it was cold outside. Mm, like my hematoma. Yes. <laughs> I have a dent in my ass now. Yes, you do. Um, she also had a thumbprint, thumbprint-like birthmark on her left side, on her hip. Um, and Joanna once had a premonition that she would never grow up, saying, I will never be a lady. No, I don't like this. So remember those things for later. Oh, you're always a lady, honey. <laughs> You'll always be a lady. Oh, Bless her heart. Little 11-year-old 11, saying she'll never be a lady. Um, one Sunday morning in May of 1957, nine-year-old Anthony Layden, friend of the Pollock children, came to the house asking if the girls could walk up to St. Mary's Church with him. Uh, he was on altar duty that day. Despite usually walking to church as a family, the Pollocks decided to let the girls go with their friend, uh, which was a decision that would quickly be regretted and would haunt them for quite some time. Oh, goddamn! Um, in another part of Hexham, Marjorie Wynn was having an extremely rough go at life. She had been widowed five years earlier and moved her two daughters to the town of Hexham for a fresh start. Well, things didn't get any better after the move, and in fact... Uh, Marjorie Wynn was deemed too ill to care for her teenage children, who were then taken away from her. Oh, no. Uh, what the hell see, does that mean? Uh, right now, I will tell you what that means. <laughs> uh, so Marjorie had been suffering from depression for a very long time. Very, very bad depression. And after losing custody of her girls, well, that was her breaking point. Uh, she swallowed what she believed to be a fatal dose of barbiturates and painkillers and got into her car with the intention of killing herself. Uh, witnesses would later recall seeing her speeding and driving erratically before she jumped a curb from the opposite side of the road and crashed into all three children. Oh, Crashed no. into? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. There was, so they're walking on a sidewalk. There's a wall on the other side of the kids where they're walking. Then the road, she jumped the curb. Woof. Um, so Joanna and Jacqueline Pollock died instantly, while Anthony died on the way to the hospital. Police learned later that Marjorie Wynn had acted deliberately. I just like realized. she ran into them on purpose. You know what the story is? I do. I know what's going to happen. 
Um, well, so I don't, she, so don't spoil it. She acted deliberately, and the court sentence, sentenced her to spend the rest of her days in a psychiatric facility. Needless to say, the community and the Pollock family were devastated. Um, as time passed, Florence and John began to hope and pray for another child. They didn't have to wait for very long for their prayers to be answered, as Florence discovered that she was pregnant less than a year after the girls had been killed. Um... While they were thrilled that something joyful was coming out of the tragedy, John's attitude and commentary nearly lost them their marriage. Which, for a Catholic family in the 50s, was a big-time bad situation. His attitude and commentary? Uh-huh. What you being a dick about, bruh? Oh, no, he wasn't being a dick. He was just being fucking weird for being Catholic in the 1950s. I'll get there. Um, <laughs> because, literally, the next sentence is, What could the grieving father have possibly done to said... Or done or said to freak out his religious wife enough to make her want to bounce. There we go. <laughs> it's almost like I I'm psychic. always get there. <laughs> um, well, John said that he had had a vision. In this vision, Joanna and Jacqueline were in heaven and um, said that they would be coming back to the family in the form of identical twins. He also began spending a lot of time in the attic as he believed that he could sense their presence up there so he spent a lot of time in order to be near them. Is this he's, in he's, Germany with he's a pickaxe? He's not doing well. No, he is not. He is not doing well. Um, he later said he felt the girls' deaths had been punishment from God for having previously prayed for proof of, of reincarnation, but that he also felt his prayer would be answered by his daughters being reborn into the family. Florence, his wife, again, very Catholic, hated to hear her husband talk of reincarnation and reminded him constantly that the doctor had only heard one healthy heartbeat at her exams. So it's like, motherfucker, I have been to the hospital. There Chill is the fuck out. one baby inside this love oven and I need you to stop with the reincarnation because it's not a thing. It's bumming me Because we're Catholic. Yeah. And her, so Florence's reaction and way of coping with her grief was to never talk about it. We don't believe in reincarnation. Oh. That Jesus can do it. So, yeah. so in she, other words, up. Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. Repress? Exactly. Yeah. She did not want to hear about the girls. She didn't want to see anything about the girls. She was like, I had daughters. They're that's, gone now. That's it. Like, she, and he was always talking about them. And it. she was like, I fucking had enough. Yeah, we, we don't believe in reincarnation, but we celebrate Easter. Yeah. Uh, there was also no family history of twins on either side. So she's like, you need to fucking chill. Yeah, he's not doing well. Well. I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah. God, how awful. On October 4th, 1958. Three of your four kids in an afternoon? Uh, two and a neighbor kid, two right? And a, oh, the and neighbor kid. Yeah, okay. he was just a friend. Okay. Um, so October 4th, 1958, John Pollock was able to tell his wife and everyone else, I told you so, when Florence no. delivered identical twin girls. Jillian, bum, bum, bum. Jillian and Jennifer. Uh, the couple were overjoyed with the birth of their daughters, and as all parents do, checked the newborns from head to toe, make sure everything was all there, ten fingers, ten toes. Um, it was, but they noticed that Jennifer had two distinct birthmarks, whereas her sister Jillian did not, which is extremely uncommon in monozygotic or identical twins. Interesting. At least they could tell them apart without painting their nails. Right. I uh, wonder how many twins like got switched at one point. In what way? 
Like, so if you have identical twins, you're two, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to put... This one is twin A, this one is twin B, and yeah. then you just, you're like, yeah. wait, oh, you just what? Forget. Yeah. yeah, and then you're like, yep, no. You're like, uh-oh. I, but it's like, you know, Do I think. Do you? Yeah, you, as a parent, if you, like, yeah. a brand new baby, and you see all the Sia babies in the hospital, you're like, no, that one's definitely mine. Even if a parent, you, like, you hear a baby crying somewhere, you're like, nope, that one's mine. I walk past mine. <laughs> I okay, did. so I tried to I grab a different baby. So normal people, <laughs> as can, parents, would be like, "Yeah, that's my baby." I can tell you, ignore her. My my brother has twins. She, she's like, "No, this one's yours." I was like, "Oh shit, sorry." My brother has twins, and he said for the first few days it was a little weird. Yeah, because they all look like little out. naked mole rats. But then, yeah, right. And then, but after that, he's like, "Oh no, I know immediately." Now. Yeah, he, yeah. You can tell first glance. Yeah, it's you. Like, oh, you're Addie. Her. Oh, you're Scarlet. Yeah, you yeah, always. My, you always I, know. Yeah, that, one of my coworkers has identical twin boys, and I, I mean, I still can't. They painted tell. their toenails. Sure, like when I go down to visit, I have no idea which one's which. Yeah, not a clue. I can't tell hers apart. I just call them twin. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hello, oh, twin. Very, yep. It's very overboard. <laughs> twin, you. Oh, twin. twin. Oh, twin. That's exactly well, where. I mean, I let's know. think about this. The two of you are some of the most extra fucking people. Yeah. Ever mm-hmm. so. Fair. Shocking? No, not in the least. Fair. No, that is fair. Uh, <laughs> fair is LSS. You're wearing cheetah stretchy pants, and I They're love from them. Walmart. These though. are and her. So we have the exact same pants on, just different pattern. Yeah. They're they're from the Walmart. Mm-hmm. I went. I I actually found a Walmart just to buy these pants because I didn't know where one was, and they're called booty clackers. I don't think Walmart calls them unofficially, this, but there's this post. On the Facebook that this guy posted, and it's a picture, and he's like super excited, said the booty clackers are back. Because apparently that's what these pants are called. Okay. So I had to get them. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Twins are born. Twins are born. Jennifer and Jessica. Jillian. 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 Very uncommon, again, for one twin to birth have marks. a birthmark right. and the other one doesn't. It happens, but it's Real very uncommon. uncommon. Yeah. Um, Jennifer had an odd white line on her forehead and a little brown mark on her left side, just like the scar and birthmark that her sister Jacqueline had had. So weird. Um, When the twins were just a few months old, the Pollock family decided to leave the tragedy behind and left Hexham for the nearby town of Whitley Bay. Uh, In her grief, Florence had boxed up all of the toys that had belonged to Joanna and Jacqueline, as she couldn't bear to even speak of her deceased daughters, let alone look at their toys. When the twins Very were Catholic. yeah, when the twins were around three years old, uh, they began asking their mother for the toys, which they had never seen. Um, they requested dolls and stuffed animals by names that had been bestowed upon them by Joanna and Jacqueline. For example, um, they'd asked for a stuffed bear named Teddy, and another stuffed toy. I think it was a rabbit called Thomas. That's pretty specific. Teddy, fine. I was yeah. going to say, Teddy, I'm, but, not, I'm not. And those were just two examples I could find because they'd also asked for name or dolls, like specific dolls by name, okay. but they didn't have any, right. like, this doll was named this or that. They're just like, they were asking for stuffed animals and dolls by the names that had been given to them by, by the girls. Joanna and Jacqueline. That's creepy um, as hell. Yeah. So, and when she obliged by taking the boxes out of the attic, Florence was in shock as she watched her twin toddlers instinctively claim the toys that had belonged to the sisters they knew nothing about. Um, They even commented on certain toys being Santa's gifts. Oh. And I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was Jillian. There was a little toy, like, clothes press. Mm -hmm. And when she saw it, she's like, oh, there's my clothes press. That was a Santa's gift. 
Like, she saw that, and it had been... From Santa. From Santa. And it had been um, Joanna's. Creepy. And so all of the... So, yeah. Just in case it was confusingly worded, apologies, but the TLDR version of that. Jennifer took all of the toys that belonged to Jacqueline, and Jillian took all the toys that had been Joanna's. And as, you know, like, kids, when they're, they're like, ooh, toys! They'll, like, fight over certain things. Sure, yeah. Neither one of them did. They just instinctively went to what was like, theirs. They basically divvied up the toys and were like, cool, this is my toy and that one is yours. Awesome. So Florence was like, creeped out. What in Rightfully the actual so. hell? Um, as the twins got older, the similarities between them and their dead sisters became even more uncanny. They loved the same foods, the same games, and even seemed to share the same physical traits, which again, for being identical twins, is bananas. Because Jillian, or Jennifer, nope, what are their names? Joanna God, and Jacqueline. Joanna with the J's, lady, <laughs> good God. Joanna and Jacqueline were like five years apart. Right. Um, so Jillian was more slender, like Joanna, and Jennifer was a bit stockier, as Jacqueline had been. They also seemed to share the same gait when they walked. Jesus. So Jillian's walk was slightly splay-footed, like Joanna's, and Jennifer's was fairly normal, like Jacqueline's. Uh, when learning how to write, Jillian was immediately able to hold a pencil correctly, while Jennifer gripped it in her fist, uh, which was exactly how Jacqueline had held her pencil, because she'd been having a very hard time learning how to write right before she died. Hmm. Uh, so it's just like, like mm-hmm. a... Learning how you're like, yeah, just going for it. Uh, That was actually a habit that Jennifer wouldn't fully break until she was seven. Okay. Um, And the similarities didn't end there. Uh, Their personalities were nearly identical to Joanna and Jacqueline's. As the older sister, Joanna had been, been very protective over Jacqueline. And even though she was only older by 10 minutes, Jillian tended to be motherly and protective of Jennifer. Uh, Jillian also exhibited the same love of dressing up and acting out stories, as well as having the same generous spirit and showing kindness towards other children that Joanna had displayed. Um, Jennifer, like Jacqueline, was more reserved. Uh, They wanted to spend a majority of their time with their grandmother, Florence's mother, even though Florence was not working anymore, which is what Mm -hmm. the other girls had done when their mother was at work. They spent a lot of time with their grandmother. And remind you, or remember, the, they're only like three at this point. Right. And so that was weird. It was creepy as hell. They also loved to comb people's hair, especially okay. their fathers. Um, it's like they literally just picked up where they left off. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they also began to showcase an uncanny knowledge of things that they had no possible way of knowing. As if the toys weren't right, creepy enough. enough. Um, Jillian once pointed out the birthmark on Jennifer's forehead and said, that's the mark Jennifer got when she fell on a bucket. Oh, no. Only she hadn't, but Jacqueline had. Right. Um, Florence had helped John with their delivery business and had always worn a certain smock when she was working and making deliveries. She stopped working after the deaths of Jacqueline and Joanna and put the smock away, as was her coping mechanism, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, When the twins were around four and a half, John took out the smock to do a bit of painting, and Jennifer asked him why he was wearing Mummy's coat. Uh, She then became annoyed at Jillian, who didn't recognize the smock, 
Um, which is, if we're going with the reincarnation theory, because Joanna was older and usually at school and had never seen her mother wearing it. Mm. Uh, when John asked Jennifer how she knew it was Florence's coat, she simply said that her mother had worn it while delivering milk. Again, she had no idea that her mother had ever done that for a job. Okay. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. When the girls were about four, the family took a trip back to Hexham. Florence and John were shocked, though probably not completely surprised at this point, when the twins began talking about their old school and requested to go to their favorite playground on the other side of Hexham Abbey. At four years old, they had never been to any of these places, nor should they have been able to recall details like eating lunch at the school or where exactly their favorite playground was located. As they couldn't see it from their current vantage point, they were taking a walk through town. Um... So they couldn't see it physically. They just knew where it was. Um, but it was on the other side. Like the playground was behind the abbey, which was only visible because like you could see the top of it by the like probably the wall where their girls were killed. killed yeah. So they physically couldn't see it at all. But they're like, yeah, our favorite park. It's behind there. Like we just go up here and it's right there. It's park o'clock, Dad. Let's go. <laughs> it's park o'clock. It's park o'clock. Um, John was together, bro. right. John was absolutely convinced that his daughters were the reincarnations of the girls he lost at this point, and the weird similarities. How could you not? Right. The weird similarities between his four daughters would soon take a very spooky spin. Because this isn't weird enough already. Nope. Good. It always get, gets. It always get gets weirder. Going to a neighbor's house and being asked if they can go inside. Uh, if they get hit by a fucking car. Uh, Uh, One afternoon, Florence heard the girls whispering to each other in their playroom. I'm just going to go out on a limb right now and say that any child whispering, especially twins, has got to be one of the most unsettling things to happen upon ever. Real quick, the lady who hit the original kid, she died. No, she's a psych hospital. Mm -hmm. They sent her there. They're like, oh boy. Um, So yeah, she hears her twins whispering to each other, which is just unholy. Uh, she crept close to the door so she could hear what they were talking about, and what she witnessed most likely caused her stomach to drop straight out of her asshole and shoot <gasps> to China. Oh, no. Okay. Jennifer was lying on the floor with her limbs spread out and her head in Jillian's lap. Uh, Jillian was cradling Jennifer's face and said... Face down or up? Uh, face up. Okay. I mean... Just gotta make sure. It's yeah. yeah. Otherwise, well, it'd be fucking weird. It's still fucking weird, because she said... The blood is coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. Oh, no. They're four. John would later state that when he had been called in to identify the bodies of his daughters, that Jacqueline's head had been bandaged above her eyes. Oof. Uh, the twins were also irrationally mm, terrified of cars. Oh. They would panic when walking next to a running vehicle. Oh. And trying to get them to cross the street was an entire ordeal. Oh. Florence noted that they were overly cautious when crossing the street, and John recalled a time where a car had started in an alleyway, and both girls immediately clung to each other in fear, crying out, the car, the car, it's coming to get us. Oh, boy. Yeah. Remember, therefore. Yeah. Right. Uh, their unusual story made its way into local papers, and eventually caught the eye of psychologist, parapsychologist, and professor Dr. Ian Stevenson. Uh, Dr. Stevenson was incredibly interested in childhood reincarnation stories and even created a department at the University of Virginia School of Medicine where he worked uh, that was known as the Division of Perceptual Studies in order to further his research on reincarnation. 
Uh, Despite being kind of out there at the time, Dr. Stevenson was a well-respected scholar, professor, and researcher. In 1962, he contacted the Pollock family as the idea of a devout British Catholic family believing in reincarnation in the late 50s was frankly unheard of. Like, and back in the day, the idea of reincarnation was definitely near exclusive to the East and Eastern religion. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so he's like, I, I gotta see this. Um, so he met with the family and despite keeping a healthy dose of skepticism, did believe that Jillian and Jennifer were the reincarnations of their sisters, Joanna and Jacqueline. Uh, Dr. Stevenson kept track of the similarities between the girls, as well as anything else that seemed out of the ordinary, and maintained a relationship with the family until 1985. However, when the girls turned five, um, they seemingly lost all connection with their sisters, forgetting that they had previously unconsciously known about them. So they kind of just, for first four years of their lives, they were hardcore, like, everything. But then, once they turned five... The memories just kind of started to fade, and then eventually they just forgot all about it. Huh. Um, and they never, John, the father, said that he never brought it up later in life. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't say anything about it to them again until they were 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have waited even longer. Yeah. So wow. he didn't. Fucked up thing well, to drop on a he teenager. didn't. Um, right. But they also still had contact with Dr. Stevenson throughout right. this time. Oh, uh, sure. So, so that he was probably like, let me explain to you why. This doctor is meeting you. Um, although in 1981, Jillian had a random memory of playing in a sandbox in Wickham with her brothers, despite never having been there. She said she could see it clearly. They were playing in a sandbox. She was about three years old. She had never been to Wickham. Right. Joanna her sister had. Joanna had. Right. Um, so Dr. Stevenson actually wrote a case report on the Pollocks in a volume of Reincarnation and Biology, a Contribution to the Etiology of Birthmarks and Birth Defects. That is the title of the book. Oh, um, that's wordy. And mentioned it again in 1987 in a book, uh, Children Who Remember Previous Lives, A Question of Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. He went on to write 12 different books on the subject of reincarnation and studied thousands of such cases in children. Uh, While he believed that the Pollock twins were the reincarnated versions of their sisters, uh, he couldn't completely rule out the idea that the girls had been been influenced by their surroundings. They, again, had between two and four brothers. Um, And most people, there are a lot of places that say four, and I think some places just forget the other two. Right. Um, But they did have... You said she's Roman Catholic, right? Catholic, but Catholic. yes. Yeah, she's got four kids. So, four brothers, the two girls, uh, six kids. So Sounds right. Had older, they had four brothers and a slew of people that could have unintentionally plied them with information about Joanna and Jacqueline. Yeah. The parents, they said that they never really told the girls anything about their sisters until they were older. Uh, but, I mean, hard to say. Especially again, and they moved. They moved out of the town where it happened when the girls right. were not even a year old. Plus, like between two and four brothers right. that were familiar with their sisters. Exactly. So, so like, I mean, not ruling it out, but also they could have. Yeah. But to influence them so heavily as toddlers and have them knowing things that 
that's there's, the part. I mean, that's it's a, it's a little bit of a reach, I think, to be like, there's no way because they had older brothers that were like, oh yeah, so and so did this because they had the physical traits of their for sure, which but is like just. It, I mean, coming coming from a family with an older brother, mm-hmm. I know how much older brothers can suck ass sometimes. Oh yeah, up to and including, like if your older brother's having a tough time grieving, being like telling you how you're not good enough compared to the oh, sisters yeah. that are dead. You know, yeah, and I'm not, yeah. obviously, like, no. there's no way to tell whether or not that happened. But if you've got two brothers, that's a pretty yeah. It's still like absolutely a possibility, but also the fact that they're identical twins with such different physical appearances sure is the part to me that's like mm, that's a little weird um so dr stevenson passed away in 2007 uh both jillian and jennifer went on to live wholly normal lives though the question of reincarnation will always remain and that is the story of the pollock twins Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a minute, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is bananas. Yeah, the second you said the car hit, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. nope, I do know this story. Mm-hmm. I do know the story. Yeah. Pretty so, interesting. Very. Uh, sources were the Occult Museum, Mysterious Universe, Brent Swanser, love that guy, Sci Encyclopedia, Karen Werstein, Ranker, Aaron McCann, Unexplained podcast, uh, Richard McLean Smith, Exemplor, Bill Lehman, and then 83 Unsung Heroes. That's interesting. I have a long list, too. Then I wrote them down. It's actually at my house. I just didn't You can You can send them to me, and I can tag down them. Down on the my... Episode. Yeah, I'll, but... I'll just do a backhoe. It was okay. just, like, that's nuts. That is. Well, and because the dad was having the issues, and he was like, we're going to have mm-hmm. two daughters... And done, it's going to be them. He done told her. He's like, this is it. Right. We're going to have twin girls and it's going to be them. And she's like, I need you to Calm fuck off. Calm your tits. Right? Calm them. Fuck off, John. Unclamor your memories. Yes. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Wow. Yeah. So that is the Pollock twins. Catholics, they don't Fucking believe in reincarnation, but they believe in all the other weird shit. Those two might, though. Interesting. Yeah. Good story. Good story. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. I like your Portland Podcast Festival shirt. You guys can't see it, but 2017. I can. 2017. I've never been there. I just found it at like, a thrift store, and I'm like, that's hilarious. Really? Yeah. I'm like, oh. give me it. So. It was a good show. I was on that show. Oh, hey. we can pretend that we were there. We my, can. My former podcast uh, partner, Caitlin Warehouser, and I were on that show. <gasps> oh. Caitlin. From apartment 237. I love them. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. They follow. Oh, is that the festival doesn't happen anymore? It does. No, no, no. It does. Mike, that podcast oh, is defunct. Oh, got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, we'll have to get in on that. Yeah. I thought, okay. have to I thought get it in wasn't happening that. again. But 2020, Ohio. Yeah, we'll, do it. we'll get on there. Yeah. Cool. Um, Greg speaking. and Sarah are rad people. Cool. Nice. Um, speaking of Caitlin Warehouser, have you seen Timmy Failure yet? Not yet. I no. haven't either. But somebody gave me their Disney Plus information. Nice. So I can watch The Mandalorian, but also I'm going to do it so I can watch Caitlin. Yeah. I saw a very brief clip of Kate, and it was perfect. I have not. Absolutely perfect. I have been trying not to watch any of it because I just 
want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of photos. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are we, yeah. What are, we, what are we talking about? So, Kate Warehouser is yeah. a Portland comedy legend. Yes. yes. Um, Amazing. She's very, very, very funny. And right before she moved to L.A., she scored a part in a Disney Plus movie called Timmy Failure. Oh, that nice. That just came out. Yeah. Perfect. There and you go. She, I keep seeing it everywhere. She plays a librarian named Flo uh, who is dressed head to toe as just like Butch Biker. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Which is like on fucking brand for Kate Warehouser. Oh, yeah. Nice. And um, Caitlin also was a guest instructor for uh, one of the first stand-up classes that I took yeah, with Alex. With yeah. yeah, and just, ugh, a blessing. Mm-hmm. Love, 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 love Kate Warehouser. Yeah. Super, super excited. And she was on Conan twice. Or not Conan, uh, Colbert. Yes. All right. So, All right. good for right. you, Uncle Kate. Yeah. If you want to follow on anywhere. Uncle Kate. Just Uncle Kate. Um, C-A-I-T. Yeah. But that's that's that. Um, well, good. What we day is it? it? Sunday. Yes. <laughs> so where am I? I? What's happening? I have no uh, idea. Yeah. No. I'm going to uh, an open mic tomorrow. I've got a a date with a uh, voice actress. We're going. It's not a real date. Oh. Um, no. She did you you watched Avatar? The Last Airbender. Yeah. Nope. What? You're a monster. I ca- I was told that. Someone from that show is in town right now. Yes. And the person, uh, it's Mark over at Helium, told me she was in town. Mm-hmm. And he asked me on my way out last night if I had watched that show. Is that the all, the is that the same lady who plays Anne in Arrested Development? Because I know she's in that show. No. Okay. It is not. But, okay. yes. Anne? Who? Her? Really? Anne? Her? She calls it a mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise. I love that huh. fucking show for the first three seasons. Um, yeah. Her? Her? Really? Really? And? <laughs> God, I, that, you know what? You know why that show didn't make it? Because people aren't witty enough. Or it was just a little ahead of its time. Also, because you really have to pay attention. Yeah. Because there are unending callbacks. Yeah. Oh, it, it doesn't... If you, you don't... You have to read between the lines, between the lines, between... I mean... It, and, if and you don't, it's... The one-liners lost. are so quick and so witty. I think I've seen that show all the way through four or five times. Mm-hmm. Oh, my every God. Time, every something time. Every time there's something new. I will give it to them. The fourth season had one of the funniest moments from that entire series... And it was when Buster is uh, shotgunning cigarette smoke from Lucille and blowing it out the balcony window. I fucking died. It was so funny. Yeah, it, it, it walked was on a... my pillow. Yeah. It's a bird. God Can damn you it. Do that outside, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So, um, yeah, how many hey, arrested... Franklin, guess what? <laughs> how many Arrested Development fans do we have out there listening to us right now? Seriously. Let us know. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, hermano. <laughs> well, the one. It was ahead of its time. Just... It just it was it was it was too much too I'm soon. But I loved Mexican it. Mexican sun. <laughs> you gotta grab that brown thing by its points so and never let go. <laughs> Made a mistake, Michael. Oh, Buster. 
sister. How grand. <laughs> oh, Lucio, too. I don't like him. Yeah, I don't care for Joe. I don't Job. care for Joe. I don't understand the question, and I, I won't, won't respond, respond to it. it. I am Lucille Bluth. You are. Just, I'd say without the money, but she didn't have any either. Oh. I'll have Jessica a vodka. Walter. I'll have a vodka. It's 9 a.m. and a piece of toast. <laughs> Jessica Walters is a treasure. Oh, yeah. I love her. That Absolutely. whole, everything about that show is perfect. Mm-hmm. It is. So if you guys, let us know. Through season three. Let yeah. us know if you're three. fans. And uh, if not, go watch it. Fourth season's okay. The fifth season's pretty fucking abysmal. I don't even remember if I watched it, to be honest. Oh, the new ones? I watched the first half of the fifth season because they split it up into two parts. And it was like, it was fine. And then John and I got 15 minutes into this first episode of the second half. And we're just like, this is fucking trash. You're like, no. Nope. It's so bad. Which That's is such true. a shame how, a bummer. F- how unbelievably far from grace that show fell. Man. Lame. There's money in the banana stand. Always, money always. In the banana stand. No touching. <laughs> God, no touching. Anyway. Did you burn down the storage unit? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, shit. Show. Yeah, we we went down a little uh, Arrested Development rabbit hole. Yeah, we so. are going long on this one, you guys. My yes. my story was really well, fucking said. long. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. All of our patrons, we appreciate you immensely. Yes. Share, share, share. And until next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Fuck Fuck you, you, Bob. Fucker. Fucking asshole. Fuck you and your house, fucker. Fucking piece of shit. Fuck face. (laughs) 